This is a Soulfire production. Today's episode is with a very special guest, my dear friend, Teal Cooper. Teal is the co-founder of Vendy Bean, the next level vending machine everyone has been waiting for. It's literally a barista at the touch of a button and has totally changed the coffee vending game forever and the office coffee industry. Teal and her brother, Tristan, launched the company when they were in college. They knew nothing about coffee or vending machines. And you're going to hear the whole story in this episode. And Vendy Bean is now in five cities, three states, with 200 machines at different universities, hospitals, military bases, and corporations like BuzzFeed, HP, Puma, and more. So in this episode, we dive into how they came up with the idea for Vendy Bean, what it was like starting that company when they literally knew nothing about what they were getting into, and also all of the dynamics working with family. Teal is also the host of her own podcast, Real with Teal, which I had the pleasure of being a guest on recently. It was such a fun episode. You should definitely go listen to it. But Real with Teal is all about expanding people's consciousness, helping them break free from societal programs and limiting beliefs, finding fulfillment in their careers, and really bringing a higher level of consciousness to the entrepreneurship space. And in this episode, we get into Teal's journey of how she found spirituality, which was a lot more recently than I had realized. Teal had a really intense jaw surgery that really shifted her relationship with herself and the way that she saw the world, and it led her down this spiritual path. And so we dive deep into that. In this episode, we talk about her getting her soul dog, Karma, which was connected to one of her first energy healing sessions with me. We talk about getting more in your feminine energy, what it's like using your intuition and business over logic and the pushback you can get from people around you, what to do when you are going down this spiritual path and you feel like all of the people around you don't relate or don't believe in it. We talk about shifting identity, releasing identity, ego deaths all the good stuff. I love Teal for so many reasons. And one of the reasons why I love her so much is that she is like me in the fact that she's not afraid to uh, just go there and be really direct. We have similar personalities in that way. I mean, real with Teal, I always joke with her. I'm like, you know, my podcast was called Wellness Realness. It's not a coincidence. We both wanted to put the word real in our podcast names, but I just love how open, honest, real teal is about everything we discussed today and that's just how she is as a human so i know you all are going to uh, love this episode love this conversation and want to connect further with her so again you can find her on her podcast real with teal you can find her on instagram at teal.cooper and her podcast instagram is at real with teal Before we jump in, I just want to remind you, it is not too late to sign up for my live two-day immersion, Awakening Accelerator. I am so pumped to have this event. This will be on March 23rd and March 24th from 12 to 3 p.m. PST, both days. If you can't make it live, no worries. You can get the recording and you can always send in questions ahead of time or in between the days as well. But this experience is going to be a deep dive into everything you need to navigate your spiritual awakening with 
the most ease and grace possible. I know that going through a spiritual awakening can feel really lonely. It can feel really isolating. A lot of those feelings we touch on in today's podcast episode, it can feel lonely when you are feeling really drawn to the spiritual path. You are really waking up and the people around you don't really get it. You're questioning everything. Sometimes you feel like you're crazy. Sometimes you're like, I'm not crazy, but I have no idea what to do with this knowing that nothing was as it seemed. So Awakening Accelerator is going to be a crash course on everything you need to know to really navigate that experience and step into your gifts and move through that that dark night of the soul place that people can get stuck and really start to step into the fun part, the expansive part and align with your mission. So we are going to get into how to navigate relationships and shifting desires and changes with your body during an awakening. We are going to talk about why it feels like everything is crumbling down around you and how that's part of aligning with your purpose. We're going to talk about soul contracts, soul lessons, attracting in soul family, what it really means to be a soul incarnated in a physical body. We will discuss what 3D versus 5D means, how to shift into 5D, how energy flows in the universe, how to start working with the universe, how to get signs from the universe, how to communicate with your spirit guides and tap into your intuitive gifts because everybody has them, what it means to raise your vibration and how to do it, how to manifest, how to protect your energy field, how to balance your masculine and feminine energy, daily practices to keep you grounded and aligned. This is a toolkit that I wish I had when I was going through an awakening. A lot of people try and piece this together on their own. And again, it can feel lonely and isolating and confusing. And I don't want you to feel that way. I really believe this will be super valuable for anybody who is at any stage in their spiritual awakening, whether they're just starting it out or they've been on this path for a while and just want everything packaged together nicely for them. So if you want to join in on this experience and get the replay, then you can head to the link in the show notes. It will be right there to sign up and register. Again, this will be March 23rd and March 24th, and you will get the recordings if you can't make it live or if you can't make the whole thing. But it will be a great place to get your questions answered and to uh, really learn all the things that you need to know without the extra fluff to navigate this shift and move out of the confusion and into the clarity and into the fun part and into the joy and into the expansion and the alignment and the aligned relationships. I know it can get easy to get stuck in that energy of questioning everything and what the hell is going on, but at a certain point, it's time to move through that and move on to the next part where it all comes together. And so that is what Awakening Accelerator will help you with. So again, link is in the show notes. I am so excited. The guides are excited. It's going to be epic. So that's my main announcement today. And now it is time to officially jump into the episode. So enjoy this conversation with the incredible Teal Cooper. If you are dealing with headaches, tiredness, dizziness, hunger pains during the day, cramps, carb cravings, I would make sure that your electrolytes are balanced. My life has changed since paying attention to this because, I mean, I'm on a whole foods-based diet, I'm active, I exercise, and I do a lot of energy work, a lot of frequency work. It's a really common ascension symptom or a symptom of shifting your vibration have some headaches or head symptoms you might just notice things feel off and all of this is related to balancing your electrolytes if you're active or on a whole foods based diet if you do a lot of frequency work energy work if you're on a journey of raising your vibration make sure your electrolytes are balanced it took me a long time to realize that a lot of my hunger cravings 
cramps and headaches were connected to this. And this is why I drink so much Element. I'm obsessed with it. It tastes so delicious. And these are the cleanest electrolytes I've ever found. The co-founder is Rob Wolf. So can't be surprised. Rob Wolf is somebody who first got me into whole foods based eating. I've been a huge fan of his for years. And I know how picky he is about formulation and also performance. Most electrolytes have a lot of sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, which that's all unhealthy and unheated. Element is all sugar-free, gluten-free, all natural ingredients, paleo, keto, science-backed. There is a reason why so many U.S. Olympics teams and NFL teams and BA players all turn to Element and yours truly, Christina, the channel. <laughs> but seriously, I, I put the chocolate, the chocolate salt element in my coffee every morning. It tastes so good. First thing in the morning, I like to get a lot of electrolytes in and I drink a ton of water. I drink so much water and it's like I don't absorb it. I was talking to one of my friends about this. It's like I don't absorb it. Just like, I don't know, I get puffy. I don't absorb it unless I'm drinking the element. So I'm basically drinking element all day long. And my favorite flavors are the citrus salt, the raspberry and the watermelon. They're so good. So if you want to try out an Element sample pack for just the cost of shipping, you can go to drinkelement.com slash CTC and you'll get eight packets of Element, two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored to try out. So again, that's drinkelement.com slash CTC, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash CTC. You just pay the cost of shipping, about $5 for US orders, and you'll get eight packets of Element to try out. Be sure to tag me on Instagram so I can see which flavor is your favorite. So I like to start every podcast off with four questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I'm scared. I actually don't know what these questions are. <laughs> good. What is your morning routine? Oh, easy. <laughs> oh, we're good. Okay. Chillin. Morning routine. I wake up. I, well, right now it's different because of my dog, but yeah. without the dog part. I like to do some breathing, standing up on my yoga mat. And my, the first thing I do is talk to my guides every morning. And I thank them for all the spiritual guidance that they give me and all the, the knowings, the messages, the connection that I feel on the daily basis. And then I do some breathing, stretching. Um, I do like 10 push-ups in the morning <laughs> just to like get my body moving. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and then I open up a page of three, ran or three books at random. Yours is one of them. Aww. And then I journal and I journal about gratitude, um, future scripting, whatever I'm like feeling like doing that morning. I don't really do the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. I just listen to like what I, like some days I don't journal, some days I do. Some days I sit and meditate. I've been now trying to connect my womb ever since our session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like in meditation. Yeah. So it's all dependent on like, like my body feels like it needs that morning. Yeah. And what I've instigated. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what you've instigated. And then, and then when do you start work? Like, do you go from that into work or? So what? yeah, I wake up at like five mm -hmm. and then I'll start work at seven. Okay. Seven, seven thirty. My brain works the best in the morning. Gotcha. And then, um, yeah, I usually take like a break in the afternoon mm -hmm. and go outside, walk, bike ride, do whatever. And then we'll finish working like later. Gotcha. When do mom walk? In the afternoon? Afternoon. Okay. Like, gotcha. well, after lunch, like one do you ever feel like stir crazy? Like I have to go outside first thing in the morning. I have to go on a, a walk outside. Otherwise I feel like 
It's 3 p.m. and I haven't been out. Well, no, because I drive to my office. Oh, yeah. But when I, I usually go home for lunch and then I'll go on a walk right after lunch. Okay. And gotcha. then I'll come back and then I'll, like, I'll go on a bike ride at sunset or I'll take my dog. My dog can't walk. So <laughs> yeah. I don't really walk with him right now. He just is the worst walker. Oh so I'm like, bye, I should walk you. You're a dog, but you're not moving. Okay, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get into karma into the, the soul. He dog. needs to learn. Yeah, oh my god, he'll get there someday. <laughs> I really hope. Oh my god. Okay, amazing. So next is what's a product you're really into right now? It could be like a food product, a supplement, a book, uh skincare products, like any anything physical. Okay, I just got a castor oil pack oh, for my yeah. liver. Sleeping with it. <laughs> or sleeping with it? I've been sleeping with it, or I'll put it on after I shower and, like, for a couple hours, I'll wear mm-hmm. it and then take it off. Doesn't it get messy? No, there's a pack. Like, you wrap it around your body. Okay. We'll talk about it. We'll, I'll, oh I'll, my let's God. move on. All right. <laughs> so, next <laughs> okay, is third question. Next is uh, human design and astrology information. Okay. Uh, manifesting generator. Like, two five. Two five. Um, is there any th- anything else about that's, that? That's, and then, that's, oh, what's your, your authority? Is it my authority sacral? Yeah. Like, yeah, sacral. Yeah. Feeling, sacral. yeah, gut feeling. Yeah. Um, astrology, sun and Aries, moon and cancer, rising Virgo. Moon and cancer. Yeah. My north nodes in Scorpio. I see, I see that. <laughs> yeah, same. I know. Teal and I are both uh, Aries with north node in Scorpio, so there's a lot going on. Yeah. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell there's just a lot happening. I feel like I feel like whenever we talk, I don't know what it's like we could talk for like twenty hours <laughs> and then afterwards I'm like my voice is gone. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about us. I don't know either. We go into like a trance. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We go into the vortex. We really so. do. Okay, there we go. So you get a, a sense of it was four 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 when I looked at that. Just oh have God. to say, meant to be. You get a sense of the the energy here, all the good fire energy. Yeah. And then, last, what is a topic you're really into right now? Something you're thinking about, you're learning about. What's on your mind? Um, I think what's been on my mind a lot lately is detachment and flow, mm-hmm. because it's been a night and day difference of my life. And I'm seeing things pop up that are like showing, like mirroring that back to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. So what has that looked like for you to like be in a state of detachment? Like, for example, I, for, it has to do with work, but like I need to find 30 locations, like close 30 deals by um, April. And before COVID, I used to like have that type of goal and it would consume me. Like every day I would journal, I close 30 deals or I would like print, like write as if it already happened and I'd obsess over it. And I'd like constantly be thinking about it, constantly be like in this state of like seeking it. And I didn't realize at the time that that was such a place of lack energy. And now I'm like, truly like, don't care. Like I care, but I don't. It's like, I, I'm coming from a place now where it's like, I know it's going to happen. I don't need to like try to control it Mm -hmm. and obsess over it because before I was like, that's all I was doing. I didn't realize that at all. And I don't think I would have learned that. And, and really, unless COVID happened. Yeah. It reminds me like with manifestation, when people are over asking, you know, I'm like, if, if you're actually in the knowing that you're being heard and that it's coming to you, you don't need to ask more than once. Yeah. You ask and that's it. And people every single day, asking for this. It's like, you already asked. And if you're coming from a state of being, of having it, like that's the whole point is you're supposed to like vibrate at the state of frequency that you already are like at that place. Mm -hmm. Like you already have what you want. Then you're not going to be like over obsessing over it. Yeah. If you already had it. It's really hard for a lot of people to like 
shift into though. People will ask, how, how do I detach? It's so hard. And I don't think I would have learned unless I was forced to. Like I had three months of having nothing to do because mm-hmm. my business was like crumbling to pieces, literally. And so I had like nothing to focus on. And then all I would do every day is go on like two different two hour long walks mm-hmm. and cry. And I don't know if I told you this, but I went to this rock and bird rock once and I was just like bawling and I felt this like energy come over me. And it was just like a surrendering energy. And it was like, focus on things that make you happy. Like stop yeah. freak, like stop being sad about this. Like it's going to be okay. Find joy. And then I started like just naturally detaching. Like I was going on TikTok. I was doing this weird dance. Yeah. That I was showing you. <laughs> yeah. And like just doing all those pranks and like having so much fun that I started to like detach. And then little by little, like things started kind of falling into place. Like a miracle happened where that, you know, this Marine reached out and we got on a military base and mm-hmm. it was like, I did nothing for that to happen. It yeah. just plopped into my path. And I realized, wow, this actually works. And you, you have to like find a way to really like truly like surrender and detach from it. Was that when you like really started shifting more into spirituality or were you already there? No, I think that was, it was in that moment. That's when I started. COVID is when I read Journey of Souls. Okay. And that's the book that like I read where I was like, I know this. Like I'm remembering all of this. It was like a, I forgot it and now I'm reading it and it feels so true. And then that like opened up my whole consciousness, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Before that, I wasn't really awake to it and aware, but I was always open-minded. So it was that same time period. Okay. Yeah, I was I was curious about that because I was like, I mean, I only know you. We talked about this. Like, yeah, we only know each other as this version of us. Yeah. But that actually wasn't that long ago. No, then. that was 2020. And you really dove in. I really, yeah, because I mean, the whole jaw surgery experience that I had in 2017, that was when I started meditating and journaling. But that was more of a place of like um, the Joe Dispenza of the world. Like I was watching his videos. It didn't seem spiritual to me. It was more of like the science behind the quantum physics, mm-hmm. which... I think that like led to the spiritual, like it made me, it was like a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I fully grasped it all either. I was just like slowly like forming into my subconscious. Yeah, totally. I mean, the universe kept pushing to figure it out because you're meant to be on the path. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for you to talk more about the jaw surgery. Like this is a very significant yeah. thing in your life. Like Please bring this forward. Okay. <laughs> bring this forward. I love Jill's that. Jill's face changed. I have a new face. That's like, it's very, that's very significant. Like, and we have a lot of parallel. It's funny because we have so many parallels, I feel like in our, in our yeah. lives, like between like, th- that was, you know what I'm saying? Like between oh my like God. physical shifts yeah. that were dramatic and like being knocked down, like at that age, you know? And yeah. I just feel like a lot of parallels with us. Yeah. It's so true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So backtrack. Um, growing up, I got the braces like every other kid. Bite was totally fine. All was normal. I don't like I had this accident when I was 10. We don't know if this was the cause of it, but essentially a short version of that story is I face planted. I, or I decided to surrender myself to a friend back to back on a play date. And then we face planted and her um, weight was on top of mine and I couldn't break the fall. And so I got stitches under my chin Fast forward 10 years, I'm in college, freshman year, and I was super anal about my bite for some reason. It, like I, it's like I manifested the whole thing to happen. And I, or like I, knew. I feel like, sorry, I just need to pause for a second because yeah. I'm sure people are listening. Like, like the way that you just 
breeze over <laughs> face planning. Like my whole, I have a visceral reaction every time you, you s- s- tell Oh yeah, story. I feel like it's like, so, I need to, yeah. I feel trauma in my body. Like as you tell that, like that, like I'm just like a feeling, imagining like that feeling of going Oh my God, in. oh my God. It, oh my God, it like my whole body is like, whole, like that is a lot. Yeah, I don't remember because I talk about it so much yeah. that it's like I kind of block or yeah. block it out, but Imagine falling face first and you can't break your fall in slow motion and there's someone else behind you. And then you didn't feel like slow motion. It felt like slow motion. What were you thinking in that? I was thinking, oh my God, oh my God, I can't break my fall. Yeah. And then we fell on tile floor and I opened my eyes and Uh, blood everywhere. uh, Yeah. Was your nose broken? No, I just, it was my chin (gasps) under my chin that broke my fall. I got stitches under my (sighs) chin and then I couldn't move. We had to get someone to cut us open out of the saran wrap. So what, what, what did someone, was someone yelling like, yeah, there was like a housekeeper attention? in the other room oh <laughs> and our, the parents were gone. I don't know. It was, we were screaming and then, yeah, they cut it open. I got stitches and it was like nothing ever happened. Like I recovered super fast. Mm-hmm. It was scary, but like nothing happened from that in the near future. My freshman year of college, when I started realizing my bite was shifting, which I knew very fast because I wore my retainers every single night, I like was super anal I got an x-ray and one of my joints was the size of a 10 year old joint. So it was like, it stopped growing from that like trauma. So at that time I had no idea what was going on, but from freshman year to senior year, my entire face was morphing, like literally morphing backwards. Like (laughs) imagine your, your chin um, and jawline, like moving, like shifting backwards to where like eventually your, your jawline is totally like non-existent. Isn't there a Grey's Anatomy episode about like that? I don't know if there is. I haven't seen that one. I swear there's something like that. But I mean, as that was happening, did you see it happening? Like, could you tell or was it because (sighs) like I know for me as as I changed, it was so like because I was looking at myself every day, I didn't even notice it. And then I had like total dysmorphia. It was very gradual. But what I did notice was I I formed a massive lisp where I couldn't speak properly because my bite was so open that my tongue would go through my teeth. And I couldn't chew properly. I eventually only could chew on my back two teeth. Yeah. And to me, that's, I was most of self-conscious about the way I was like communicating. I was like, I can't say certain words. It was like super hard on my self-confidence. And yeah, I think I was noticing like the face, but I don't remember it like being like, whoa, I look so different. It mm-hmm. was so gradual. And then eventually I found this specialist and he told me in order to fix this, you have to get upper and lower reconstructive jaw surgery where we break your face essentially. And we, um, put it back together and you have to get braces after college and they wire your mouth shut with braces and they're wired shut for like two to three months and, um, braces were on for a year. And I remember the doctor telling me this, like my junior year of college. And I was just like mortified. I was like, this is, I, it was like the worst thing in the world to me. I was like, I can't imagine anything worse. (laughs) Like I don't know. It just sounded like it was going to be such a setback. And like, cause I was just starting my like company at the time too, where I was like, I'm going to be so far behind. And also I was like, I don't want to have to deal with all of this and the braces. I think like the braces was really hard for me to wrap my head around Yeah, to get braces when everyone's like starting their life. Mm-hmm. I was like morphing backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like what part of your ego or like your inner child, do you feel like that was like poking at? Oh my God. It was like, I think I put a lot of pressure on appearance. I probably still do with the whole acne thing I'm dealing with now. But um, to me, it was like, yeah, it was like the lisp 
with the no chin and jaw, with the braces, it was like so much wrapped together about appearance on my face that I was like, there's no escaping it. Literally none. Yeah. And I had to find a way to like overcome that and like show face and be confident in a sense, even if like I really didn't feel it inside. It was like teaching myself how to like show up in a way of being, even though my physical reality wasn't mirroring it back to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, the whole surgery itself, I like mentally prepared for it for months. I started journaling, uh, future scripting as if like it was behind me and it all went smooth. And like, there was just nothing I could have done to prepare because it was very traumatic. Just like not being able to speak for a month and not really being able to, you have to write on a whiteboard. You had to just drink liquids and like my face. Then I showed you photos. Yeah. It was like extremely swollen where you, I could not recognize my face Yeah, didn't in like the mirror. No. Yeah. And then I recovered and my face was completely different. Yeah. Like, and then I recovered from that. It was like three faces, you know, it was like the before surgery, the during surgery, and then the after surgery where I was like, who is this face looking back at me? Yeah. I mean, how did that feel for you? I mean, it was terrifying, but at the same time, my face, I was so unhappy with how I looked before the surgery because it was so unsymmetrical and my jawline and chin was gone Mm -hmm. that I was like, in a sense, grateful that I could like have this new face that had a chin and a jawline and like all these things that Mm -hmm. I was like lacking before. But it was an identity crisis. Yeah. I mean, a big theme for you consistently is like the universe, is, it's around identity and like not not detaching, like truly detaching from, and this has, we've talked about this like with, with business stuff too. And it's like very physical for you. I mean, it was the same thing for me, you yeah. know, because like I, I can very much relate to, you know, I realized like when I got really sick, how much I was worried about like my appearance and a lot of people around me were really deep in body image issues. And I, I was actually just, I had a podcast earlier today where I was talking about this, but like, you know, it was inevitable that for, I either had to stay inside all the time or I was going to get hate. And I, I literally had food thrown at me on the streets. I had people like yelling at me. I had people, I mean, it was, it wasn't, you know, I was looked at like I was a zoo animal basically. Horrible. Um, and it was like, I either have to decide not to give a fuck, like completely just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, or I'm going to be in emotional pain. So that's when I just was like, I don't, I can't, I don't have time for this. You literally detach. Yeah. Yeah. You had to stop caring. And I eventually got to that point where I was like, my face looks crazy, like extremely swollen. I have these crazy, it wasn't normal braces. It was like insane commercial Mm -hmm. braces, like, like braces with all these chains and wires and stuff. And I had to go out and like speak to humans and people looked at me like I was crazy, like for sure. But eventually I was just like, this is temporary and I need to let go of the care because whoever I meet right now in my life, if they don't accept me for like who I am and what I'm going through, then they're not meant to be in my life. Yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, during that time, you literally can't speak. You're like trapped in your own head. It's like your face is morphing. Like, who am I? Right. I mean, that's you're being forced to go into this very introspective time. And so like what was coming up for you during that? Like, how did you deal with that? I was on so many drugs, honestly. It's like, it's a very fuzzy part Mm. of my life. But I do remember waking up every morning at 6 a.m. and I would um, play a 30 minute meditation and sit there and like do my best to calm myself because I had so much anxiety of like feeling like, you know, trapped in a sense. And I would, I spent most of the day watching Lewis Howes on YouTube, Mm. all the people he was interviewing, like 
John Astroff, Joe Dispense, like all these people made such an imprint on me, like Sarah Blakely, Jesse Itzler. I was like, these are who I want to be. And listening to their inspirational videos, like saved me during that time. I started journaling like every day, um, was just really in my head, but I was really positive at, too at the same time where I was like, I'm only going to focus my thoughts on the positive because my mind is the only thing I can control right now. And so I need to make sure it's like serving the best way possible. Yeah. Well, so then coming out of that, like how, how were you different or what shifted? Oh, I was, you should ask Tristan. He's like, you were a different person. Yeah. I'd be very curious to ask. Yeah. Such a different person. Like before I had no like retrospect or reflection or like depth, I don't think like I was just like really floating through life. Wow. It had no depth. And I was also just like a free spirit, la-dee-da, doll, like no care in the world, no passion about, I just like was social, social butterfly. And then this happened. It was like, I feel like it made me mature really quickly. Yeah. I mean, you had to. Yeah. You have to get to know yourself really well. A hundred percent. If you're like me and you're obsessed with chocolate, you need to get your hands on Organifi Harmony. This product, oh my God, it is so good. It's actually unbelievable because I feel like most things like this, you have to drown in nut milk and other sweeteners to make it taste okay. With Harmony, you literally just put a scoop into hot water and it is the most delicious hot chocolate hormone balancing beverage of all. And the thing is that this was designed specifically to support hormonal balance with ingredients like maca, which I try to get in every single day anyway. So it's super convenient that it's already in harmony. Maca is a really high antioxidant superfood that naturally supports hormonal balance while also helping to increase energy and alertness. There is cacao, of course, filled with all of those amazing polyphenols. There is chasteberry, a traditional herbal remedy for PMS and cramps. Shatavari, which has adaptogenic properties known to support overall health and has been used historically for female hormone balance and stinging nettle, amazing for replenishing nutrient stores. Stinging nettle is rich in vitamins and minerals like vitamin A, vitamin C, and iron. It's a completely organic cacao blend, zero sugar, filled with energizing herbs and adaptogens for healthy hormones, and it tastes so delicious. I like to have this either late morning or early afternoon because it does give you that natural boost of energy. And like I said, you just put it in hot water and you're good to go. It tastes truly incredible. If you're a chocoholic like me, you have to get your hands on it. Plus it gives you all of the hormone balancing benefits. And with my stress levels last few months, my estrogen and progesterone got out of balance. And so I was really focusing on getting my hormones back into balance, my cortisol down, my estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all back into balance again. And I was strict with my harmony regimen. And I noticed a huge difference because I had started to get PMS symptoms, which is not normal. I always know if I'm cramping, if I'm PMSing, my hormones are out of balance in some way. So I got serious about my natural hormone support. Harmony is my go-to every single day. And there is a noticeable difference bonus points that it tastes incredible and I would drink it anyway. So if you want to try out Harmony or any of Organifi's other incredible products, because we all know I live, breathe, drink, bleed Organifi. It is so good. Just go to Organifi.com slash CTC and you can get 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com 
O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC. And that code CTC will get you 20% off your order. Tell us about starting Vendi. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my junior year of college, I studied abroad in Florence and um, there was a, essentially a, like an espresso vending machine on the campus. And I would always see a line of students waiting for this coffee. And I was like, I've never seen a line of students ever wait for a vending machine before in my yeah. life. It's like, this has got to be good coffee. So I tried it. I was like, wow, this espresso is really good. But the machine just looked like a bulky standard machine, nothing crazy, nothing interesting about it. So then that was it. Like that was a cool experience. Moved on with my life. Three weeks later, Tristan, my younger brother, called me. He's studying for finals at the library. It's 12 a.m. his time. And he's like, I have the best idea. I was like, what? It's like, there's no coffee. All my friends are searching for campus. Everything's closed. What if we made a high quality coffee vending machine for kids, like that for colleges that students actually loved? And we called Vendy Bean. And I was like, I just saw this concept. Yeah. And it was like this full body passion consuming fire, like take over me mm-hmm. where I was like the first time in my life that I was ever excited about a career path. Yeah. Where I was like, we're doing this like 100%. What did you think you were going to do before? I had no idea. <laughs> so were you already like, were you already like on the market for an idea looking for an entrepreneurship no. idea or like, because to me that feels like it's a certain type of person to be like, okay, I could think of an idea and be like, that would be a cool idea. There's a different type of person that says, here's an idea. I'm going to turn this into a business. I believe that I was born to be an entrepreneur, but I needed the idea to come to me to spark that mm. inside of me. Like I didn't have that spark before. Okay. I had zero clothes going to be an entrepreneur. I had zero clothes going to start my own business. This was before my jaw surgery. Yeah. And I thought I was going to find a job that I hated somewhere and, and figure it out down the line of like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I honestly like couldn't even picture myself at a nine to five at that point. Yeah. I was just expecting me to figure it out. Yeah. And none of my friends really knew what they were going to do either. It was just, yeah, I honestly don't know what I was thinking, but that happened. And I was like, this is it. Like I knew. And so instantly you were like, I'm, we're going to build this. I business. told all my friends, I'm going back home to America. I'm starting a coffee vending machine company. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, what? But do you see how like, that's such a like leap to like, like here's the idea and immediately this is going to be the business like that's just not normal no but the, you know me I'm impulsive like oh, I, I'm gonna I get know. a dog you know I'm like I, I get it I mean I've you're got, like this too I'm like this too I know but <laughs> I'm just like wow it's so great <laughs> <laughs> honestly I think being like impulsive and having that like people Tristan tells me all the time it's one of my biggest flaws but I'm honestly grateful I have that I think we should talk about that because I've been thinking about this. The pattern app said something to me the other day. I was like, absolutely not. They're like, <laughs> you're, it said something along the lines of like, you're very impulsive and you need to learn to like tone it down. And anytime someone tells me to like tone it down, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I hate you know, that. like, it's like, that is stop projecting shit pattern app, but yeah. you know, m- most of the time pattern app is correct. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about this, like, is being impulsive really a bad thing? And it's like, well, what's the energy underneath the being impulsive because for me like being impulsive from a place of alignment has been the thing that has created my success yeah because what holds people back is they get an idea they think about something and they stay in this limbo state of i'm going to think about it forever and they never do anything but when you have that like impulsive kind of energy it's like that's a hell yes and when it's in alignment you go for it and you make shit happen 100 percent. what you just said is crucial is when you're coming from a place of an alignment yeah 
because that's like make or break because I've been impulsive where it definitely screwed me over. Yeah, because it's dangerous if you're like out of line. But for me, it's like I have different types of impulsiveness. It's like the idea to fruition, like that was impulsive in the best way possible. And then the impulsive with the dog, best way possible. But then I have like impulsive where... I get an email and I have an emotion and then I like impulsively like will reply a certain way. And I'm like, I should have just sat and waited and been in alignment. You know what I mean? Well, to me, the difference is like one is I'm following my excitement and the other is like, I'm just impulsive and it's not following excitement. So it's like, what's the high frequency emotion? And I'm like anchoring into that and flowing into that versus like, yeah, this, this instant, it's a, it's a reaction. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I like this topic. I do too. I mean, it's, I think a little, I think it's a, honestly a gift. Yeah. To be a little impulsivity. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like anything like there's shadow and there's light. Like you said, it's the biggest make or break for people when they have an idea and they just sit and wait. I, I can't relate to that. I honestly can't. Yeah. And yeah. it's like with relationships too, with people, like they just sit and wait until it's like time has gone on for so long that they could have been doing something else, you know, totally. serving them. But it's like, if you're impulsive, then it's like, you just, Break yeah. up, move on to the next. Don't waste time. Yeah, you don't waste time. I think about like for me starting my blog or starting my podcast. I'm like, thank God I did when I did. And I would look back at it a couple of years later. I'm like, had I waited, I would have been screwed. Like it's so much yeah. of it was timing. And I actually I wanna I need to look at if you have this this gate in your design chart, but like one of my gifts in my chart is about timing and like natural mm. rhythm and something I learned, like I I didn't fully I kind of always knew this. Like I just have a knack for like when to go, like when to go. And I learned like follow the nudge. And especially now with with business, but then with channeling, it's like, we've talked about this. It's like, I feel the energy, like now's the time. And if I don't go for it, I miss it. I yep. miss the portal. I think I have that gate because I can relate yeah. so deeply. It's to like, that. you just know it has to happen now. And yep. you just know, like, if I, if I sit on it, I'm going to miss it. Imagine if you started all like your blogs, everything now it's, you would have missed the time. Yeah. Of, stupid. And I feel the same way. It's like, if I didn't start any mean then I would have been screwed yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know? And I think that's part of where the urgency comes from. It's like your body, your inner w- wisdom saying right now, yeah. like right now, because a good idea at a different time isn't always a good idea. No, your higher self knows. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, listen like, to the impulse. We're also built to, to, carry that out you know like with with the generator aspects but it it is it's like uh, that's what I love like exploring all these gifts and it's like there is there's the shadow part of it too right and then but then there's it's also what what makes it so great like I think about that with me being direct right like I can trigger people and piss people off but also why people love me yeah so it's like light and dark and and there's light and dark to everything you know 100% well so you're like you (laughs) You guys are both on the same wavelength. The universe. Well, no, Tristan thought he didn't invite me to do it with him. Oh, uh, but I didn't know this at the time. We talked about it later. He was like, this was my idea. I was like, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so we're doing this together. Like, uh-huh. but he was a soft, uh, either a freshman or a sophomore. So he was just starting college. And I went back in that whole summer before junior year. I like made shit happen. Was he already set on being an entrepreneur? Like, did he know that already? That he I wanted- think he was more, he was more set. He was like, mm-hmm. this is my path. And I was like, only set once the idea came about. Okay. And so then that summer before I literally called like every manufacturer, picked their brains. Every single one told me to not get in coffee vending. It's the worst mm-hmm. industry. Don't do it. How did you find, like, how did you find these? Like- Google. I Googled and called people like, hi. Really? <laughs> yeah. What did you say? I was like, like hi, I'm interested in, um, 
I don't even remember. I think I was just like, I'm interested in your, your vending equipment. Can you tell me about your coffee vending and like <laughs> what that entails? Yeah. And they're oh like, God. why would you ever want a coffee vending machine? Like yeah. everyone's getting out of it in the industry. Every person I called, it would be like middle-aged to old men. Mm, I was course. like, of course. They're the, they're the Debbie Downers. Those yeah. middle-aged old well, also, white men. It made me realize like you guys don't get it. So yeah. it made me just validate everything 10 times more. Um, so yeah, it was like a summer of doing that. And then our dad gave us the loan for the first machine for $6,000. And we, it, there was a manufacturer in LA, my roommate and one of my best friends from life, her older sister was in graphic design, helped us do all of our branding. And we just like figured everything out, got the cup, got all the vendors, like did the like trademarked LLC, like, all these things. And then I convinced an apartment by my on campus, um, to let us place this machine there. <laughs> And I like tried to get at San Diego State to do it, but yeah. they said no and put me in a thousand different directions. Why did I like say pitched no? to everyone? I got it in the school paper, got my best friends to wear the shirts, the hats, mm-hmm. like told everyone and anyone I knew. And then I picked a launch date. I think it was like the spring semester 2017. And I go the night before like tweaking everything. And like, I just remember thinking like the coffee's so gross. <laughs> No, I was like, the coffee's disgusting. It was so bad. Where are you getting it? Well, the problem wasn't the coffee, it was the machine. Uh, Like, we went with the whole total wrong machine. Okay. But I wouldn't have, like, been where I am if I didn't have that mess up, honestly. So we, the whole next day, I'm giving out free coffee with all my best friends. And I just, everyone was, like, pretending they liked it. Oh, (laughs) my God. But I didn't care. It was the best day of my life seeing something we were working on, like, in our mind come to fruition. And, like, the concept was there. Like, students were obsessed with the idea. Mm -hmm. The cups, you write on them and finish a sentence and tag us like mm-hmm. coffee because it was fun. And I was like, you know what? This isn't a failure. Like we just need to perfect the product. Like mm-hmm. I knew that then I was like 21, 22. And I was like, we're going to have to just like go back to the drawing boards. And then we took a year off, got an investment. And then we found the manufacturer overseas, which we I don't know why I didn't think that the first time because we found the machine and I was experienced like the concept in Florence the first time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then... <laughs> it's been a long journey it's been six years now yeah okay so you had shitty coffee coming out of vending machine so how did you remedy that yeah so um we were talking about I don't want to say names but um there was a man that was going to invest and then he ended up not but mm-hmm. we used his whole warehouse and his team and they have a restaurant industry business so that he had a coffee shop and so we I got to use basically their warehouse space and their whole craft coffee team taught us everything about coffee. We did like cupping sessions. They taught us about the craft coffee industry, how to roast, all these things. And it was really cool. And we did like so many like R&D testings. And so it was just kind of like a year of trial and error. Found the machine that we like absolutely love that we still use to this day, but we tweaked it in like an insane amount. So we basically tailored the technology to basically market to the American market Mm because it was meant for European. And then there was no tech team, no support team in the US. So Tristan and I had to break this machine down and learn how to put it back together on our own. Oh my God. Yeah. So that whole next two years, Tristan and I were like vending technicians. Yeah. Where all day, every day. I can't imagine that. makes no sense. I was driving around fixing vending machines like all day. And then I would give out free coffee and talk to people because I was like also promoting it. And then it was also my business. So I was like, it was like my life and yeah. everything. And I remember just having multiple breakdowns, like in really nice uh, class A, like office building properties 
replacing grinders and just like being on FaceTime with guys in Colombia trying to show me how to fix things. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a grind, but it was for me, it was so fun because I was like, wow, like I'm learning so much. And even in the moment, like I remember reading this book, The Mindset by Carol Dweck. Have you read that book? No, I don't read or <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, I'm not a technician. I can't do this. And then I read that book and it changed my mindset where I was like, this is before I was like on my spiritual path that I was like, wow, I can fucking do this. Yeah. Like, and I just like kept telling myself I could. And then eventually I'm replacing grinders in like five minutes. You wow. Know? Oh, these hidden talents. I know. Well, now I forget everything. Oh, really? We have a whole team of yeah. tech now. Thank God that literally like took us to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've eventually perfected the product. Yeah. And we've come a long way even since then. But I mean, we have. And now it tastes great. Yeah. Now, now it's great. And it's, you know, we're, we're super excited because we partnered with a lot of local roasters in the beginning and like, they're the biggest coffee snobs and they gave us their stamp of approval. Like, wow, this is really good. And they also helped us tweak it. So it was a collaborative effort. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So what were the moments, like, what were the moments that you doubted it? Oh my God. The whole time. I mean, the whole time because the whole, did you really doubt it though? Or did your ego doubt it? My ego doubted it. The whole first year of me doing sales, it was no after no, after no, it was like, I honestly think I got a hundred no's before the over a hundred no's before the first yes. And I remember thinking like, if, how is this going to work? If no one else believes in this, like I do. And eventually, you know, we got the first yes. And even that one wasn't a successful location. And then we got the second yes. And it was like, no one was buying the coffee. We were placing them in the wrong locations. Like we did it in a gym and then we did it in this like salon. And it was like, just like dumb locations, but it was the only ones that would say yes to me. Yeah. So I got all the low hanging fruits. And then eventually I got my first break. Um, I used the SDSU card. If you're in college, you've got to use your, like, you know, your alum. And I found this alum that was young at Irvine company. And he let us place a machine in like an amenity center in an office building lines out the door waiting for the, for our coffee, like mm-hmm. from the machine. And it was like the first moment where I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. I'm like thinking about like when I went to jury duty recently, I'm like, you guys need to be in there. Yeah. They need to be in the courthouse yeah. for sure. I like, I haven't really tried that, but they should be in there. Well, that's your next, you're showing it. I mean, it came in for a reason. Yeah. So they go courthouses. <laughs> courthouses, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was a lot of doubt. And then it was a lot of just like the, I hate the term fake till you make it. Yeah. But it was like, I had to really pretend that like we were in all these locations and that we were doing them a favor by providing them this amazing amenity versus like them helping me out. Yeah. It was like a mindset shift. Why do you feel like you got so many no's? I think it was a multiple thing. I think I was expecting them deep down, like the whole, from your book, like the biggest thing that like, I guess spoke to me was the expecting it to be hard and that the hustle and the challenge is like glorified. Like I was listening to a lot of how I built this episode where the obstacles. And I was expecting to see that. And so I look back and I'm like, I don't know. I was also so young and I was going through the, the face morphing, like the identity crisis where I wasn't very confident. And so I was going through that. And then I think I was going after the low hanging fruits, like, because I didn't think I could get the high hanging fruits, you know? So it was like a mixture of things, but 
once it's like, I needed that first good yes to get the credibility yeah. under my belt. Cause it's like these locations be like, Oh, where are your machines? It's like, yeah. Oh, well you'd be the first one. <laughs> and it's like, I'm a 22 year old girl with braces. Why would you say yes to me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean th- that, and I just want to like peel this apart for people listening to be really clear about like what we're talking about, because when, when she's deep down expecting a no, right. Which like, like most people listening have had, like, you're, are you expecting this to happen? Or you're, you're watching all this stuff from Lewis Howes and all these people about like how hard entrepreneurship is. And you have these, these beliefs, like this is going to be a difficult path right now. We have basically primed our brains and our energy field in a certain direction. And so the only thing, the only options or choices that our brain picks up on are the ones that are, are in alignment with that belief. So that's why like, it's like, oh, I'm going to go for the low hanging fruit. You're not thinking about it like that way. It's like, this is what's in front of me. This is the only direction I have. Yes. When really there are, all, there are all kinds of other directions, but you just can't see them because your beliefs are like basically shifting the options that are available to you versus if you had ingrained the belief of like, it's flow, it's easy. Like the uh, like everybody wants us genuinely knowing this and this is in alignment. So it's going to drop in effortlessly. Now the choices that your brain is going to show you is going to be over here in a completely different direction. And those are going to be the big ones. Literally spot on. And that's why when I read your book, I was like, I'm connecting all the dots now going backwards in yeah. my life because it made me realize like I, but I honestly think I needed to have that path yeah, totally. to show me what I know now. Yeah. But I definitely created all of that for myself based on my own belief systems mm-hmm. that were ingrained from all the content I was consuming. Yeah. Well, that's where I could go on about how standard personal development and entrepreneurship spaces are just like toxic. Like I actually have a really hard time with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like I'll just be in conversation and they're just spewing out limiting beliefs. Well, it's really hard. Well, it's really difficult. Well, you're going to get a lot. And I'm like, I like, I actually feel like, ugh, like, yeah, ugh, that feels so yucky. And you're telling yourself that yeah. you're telling other people that like, that sucks. Right. But the whole thing, like if it was easy, everyone would be doing yeah. it. Yeah. I used to tell myself that all the time. Uh, like I, you yeah. know, if I would always tell myself that and I'm like, one day it's going to pay off. And then, and then I was like living in the future of mm-hmm. like this hope. And I was yeah. so unhappy with my present that like I was exuding this vibration of being in lack. Yeah. Well, it's like that, but like if it was, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Like who does that benefit? This is what people don't realize. Like, they have these beliefs and it's like, where did that come from? And do you realize that's keeping you, that's what keeps people in the system. Because if people knew that life could be easier and joyful, they wouldn't take part in the matrix. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like 100%. It's, it's such a mindfuck. But what, it, I, yeah. what I think is, is really interesting that I wanted to ask about is just like, I mean, it's a totally different ballpark when you have a business partner, alone, that in itself, but then when it's family, right? Because now you're building this business and you guys both have your own beliefs and energies. And it, it's interesting to me because I'm sure like how Tristan approached things affected the way that you were seeing them as well, you know? Oh my God. So what has that been like building it with Tristan? And especially like as you've made this shift in how you view things. Yeah. So that's, I think, cause it's still progressing. Yeah. Like it's a journey every day. And I mean, in the beginning, I felt like we were more on the same page with our mindsets and he was very much how I think people in the matrix believe things. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Till, till runs around, Till texts me. She's like, how do you explain to somebody what 3D versus 5D is? I have no context. I have no, I have no context. And so I expl- I gave her a brief explanation and then I see she's 
running around telling people you're really 3D. <laughs> I literally called Tristan, you're so 3D all the time. And he's like, what the fuck are you saying? But that's the thing is he thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) But it's like. I don't think he does. No, I don't think he actually does. But he acts like I am. But okay. So in the beginning, I mean, it was really, there's been a lot of shifts that I think it's karmic. And I'm, I guarantee it. But we were meant to do this to like fix karma between us. But in the beginning, there was a lot of conflict because it was his idea and then I was like I'm doing this too and then I was starting it in college and he wasn't around so everyone thought it was my business and not his too even though I wasn't going around telling people that it was just like assumed and so there was like a challenge with that and then we overcame that challenge and now we're both in San Diego and he left all of his friends and his life and moved out there alone and (laughs) us starting this business together where he had no one it was a lot it was like oh and we were both still so young and we're both figuring everything out as we go. And so it's like, luckily, we both have very different skill sets where he focuses on things that I'm bad at, vice versa. And we make a great team like yin and yang that way. But I would say like now it got to the point where it did become toxic, where we didn't have boundaries and we were treating each other like siblings in the workplace where it's just like, you can't attack your colleague for doing something wrong and call them a piece of shit and a dumbass, you know, like you really just <laughs> yeah, can't do that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and when you're getting that daily, it's like eventually, you know, it starts to, it's like a chip, you're, it starts chipping away at your confidence mm-hmm. and vice versa, where it's just like becomes, it's your sibling. You love them so much. That's why you can say those things. Cause they have to love you unconditionally essentially. But it's like, it got to the point where we are like, we need to do something about this. So we started going to therapy every week and that was like a game changer for us to like have someone mediate and set up boundaries and have a place where we can, um, you know, like conductively talk about what's been bothering us and, you know, get things out, have someone probe the right questions because having it, especially with working with your brother, I've noticed for me, I feel weak when I talk about my emotions and your emotions, I think are your biggest like gifts in business too. So it's, for me, it's like, I'll say I have a gut feeling about doing something. He's like, I don't really care about your gut feeling. <laughs> like, let's think more rational. And, um, you know, that's the disconnect right mm-hmm. there. But it's gotten to the point now where for my own section of the business that I manage and control, I do follow my gut feelings. In sales, I have a ping and I'm like, I should call this person. I end up calling them. And it's a massive deal that happens where it's like with him, I don't really know if he gets those. I'm sure he does. He just views them differently. Mm-hmm those like downloads and whatnot. Yeah. But he's very creative and like very smart. And he's, you know, now the CEO and pretty much like holds the reins for the company. And I'm kind of, you know, we're both very creative, but we do totally separate things where we don't step on each other's toes as much. Yeah. So, well, it works. I mean, it works. And I think that's actually a strength, like to have somebody who's, I, I I know a number of people where I see this dynamic very clearly and I feel like it works really well when one person is very much the masculine energy of the business and the person is the feminine. So you're getting both of those versus both of you being more in your masculine. Like it really balances things out to have somebody who's really looking at it more rationally. And then the other person is more like following the, the intuition yes. and you know, it balances it out. Totally. And I didn't have that. Like, I would say before this shift that I've had, I yeah. was more in my masculine yeah. versus now I'm listening more to like my intuition, which that's something that's been definitely that's shifted since yeah. before. Yeah. Well, and when you start, like, I think it's interesting because I can only imagine how difficult that is to make that, that shift when you are in a business partnership, 
because I know how much that caused friction for me. Just, I mean, I run my own business and like outside of within the, I have other businesses where I have partners, but within my business, my main business, as I really shifted the way I made decisions, I was coming up with like uh, against people who were like contractors and working for me. And I was like, I can't have this. And so I have this, I don't know if I've told you this, like I have this sheet where I'm like, what do you need to know about working with me? So it's like, (laughs) if you're going to step in and you want to work for me, like you have to be okay with this because I'm not going to waste time rationalizing it to you. Like, because I'm the kind of person where I'm like, Hey, I got a download from my spirit guides last night. We need to tear this whole thing down. We're going to rebuild this. We're going to scratch everything we did last week. And if you want to argue with me, like that's just not going to roll here, you know? And I had, I had to like make that energetic shift to like be so confident in that myself. And now everybody who works with me, like they fully trust me because they see it work out again and again and again. But at the beginning I was, I felt like I was meeting all this resistance from people in my business where it's like, well, we already worked on this. Like, like it doesn't make any sense, you know? And I was like, I don't have time to explain this to you. Yeah. It's just counterproductive. Yeah. And like, I feel like you've done a really good job at, I mean, by this point, obviously like you trust it so much for me, it's like, I'm still going through the second guessing Mm -hmm. of, you know, because it's also like, I feel like I'm, I'm still going through the shift, but I'm also like, if I have a knowing that's so strong, I listen to it. But sometimes it's like, I get this download, but I question it, especially being with someone who's doesn't think the same way I do. I feel like it makes me question it more Yeah, where you're so secure in that, where it's like, now you're at the place where you just don't want them in if they're going to be like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's harder to trust it when you have people around you, right. Saying no, no, no. I mean, that's why like whenever we have people going through like brain rewiring or I like, it's like you have to get in your bubble, you know? And I I had to really isolate myself in a lot of ways to like build that confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is hard when somebody's in your ear and like you gaslight yourself. You know, um, and I did that all, all through my life, you know, and people do that thing about like relationships and people are like, should I stay in this relationship or not? And you're listening to all of your friends and you can't think clearly. And the second you like go out by yourself and just think like everything is so clear. Yeah. So it is, it is harder because you're feeling that energy intensely. So true. And it's like, and again, it's easier for someone like me where it's like, it's my business versus you're in a business partnership and their family. It's like, you know, it's not just about you. Yep. So there's that aspect too. But then the question becomes like, I always just thought about, well, when have I ever been wrong? Yeah. See, I I'm still wrong. Like when? <laughs> like you're asking me. Yeah. Let me think. Um, we just, well, okay. Here's the thing. It's like with us, something that the most recent, like our, we were think we we're brainstorming about what to mm-hmm. do with this new innovation that we're building and like what to put on the screen. And I think it's been become like a habitual thing where we both decided subconsciously that we're never going to like the other person's idea the first time we hear it. Yeah. So he said an idea and I was like, nope, shot it down. Like, (laughs) don't like it. But it's like, if it was anyone else, you would obviously not do that. You know what I mean? It's just like this habit. It's Mm -hmm. like a knee jerk. And then eventually I was like, actually down the line, I was like, it's actually really good, you know? And I was wrong, but that's like, you know, and then, once I, I like opened up hearing it, I built off of it and made up like another idea that was really cool on top of it. That's like a different outlet. So it's like more of my reaction to things that are mm-hmm. wrong. I yeah. would say a lot of the time. And it's because I'm so triggered all the time. Yeah. Well, that's because that's a reaction from your ego, right? From like that wound. Because yeah. There's all these other dynamics with like brother, sister, but like, that's not, if I bet if you just sat and you were like, anytime I followed my intuition, like it's always been right. Oh Yeah. 
Yeah. When it comes to that, for sure. So it has always been right. You know, it's, it's like, I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but like my whole family, like there's a big family business and everybody works. Yeah. You like, told me. Yeah. And I worked there for a while and I was just like, like seeing all those dynamics and like, absolutely not. Like I can't do this. It's hard. Oh my God. It's hard. I mean, I mean, I'm glad you're so real about it. Real yeah, with you. Real with you. But I mean, <laughs> me and him are so close to the point where it's like, we still, we can, we go get dinner and we hang out and it's like, we're friends. So mm-hmm. that's the nice thing. But it's like with work, it's a totally different relationship. And that's yeah. what we need to continue to remind ourselves. Yeah. It's like separate the two, but it's definitely not easy. And it's like, you have to work at it. Yeah. It's like how people explain a marriage. Yeah. I mean, two different hats. I mean, I mean, I think about that with like my friends and my clients. I'll like tell people, I'm like, this is coach Christina. And then this is like friend, friend Christina. Christina. And it's like, I'm two different people. Yeah. You know? you have to, it's like, so true. You have to shift the energy. Well, I feel like you do that. Yeah, I do. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Like it kind of freaks me out sometimes. Like <laughs> yeah, like during our session, I feel like you shift. You move yeah. the shift. I'm like I'm someone else. <laughs> well, really, really. Uh, well, what? So what? What do you feel like has been the biggest thing you've learned about yourself through this process of building bed being and like like working with your brother? I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that I love and thrive in the beginning phases of a company, building a company, yeah. the creation. Like when I look back, like that's when I was in my zone of genius of like figuring out things from nothing and like building out the pieces. Like I love that, like the creation. And then once it becomes a business that can function on its own, it's harder for me to feel as like invested and passionate. Mm-hmm. And it's, I go in waves and it's like, for me, starting my own podcast has really helped me because I have another outlet now that I'm passionate about. That's more of like a, a fun passion project where I can be creative. Cause with my business at this point, I'm not really using creativity anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, I'm in the business and I didn't know that about me before, I guess. Um, I've also learned a lot about the impulsiveness through being an entrepreneur, which we talked about. And, um, I'm, I'm constantly learning things every day. It's like, hiring employees and how my leadership skills are and things I need to work on and you know how I don't know there's so much the dynamic with with my brother it's gonna be interesting bringing people on in our back end which I think will be really great for us to all you know mm-hmm. experience that dynamic at, for the first time because our team right now is all like in the field mm. but what was the second part of the question I mean, I was just like, what I, you, what I was, had something to say about I, yourself. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't really thought of, I feel like those are the, the first ones that came to my mind, but I'm, I want to think more later. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just interesting. Cause know? you learn so much about yourself as an entrepreneur. Like yeah. it literally mirrors all of your biggest insecurities, mm-hmm. like things that you, you know, deep down, I feel like that you're self-conscious about. Like for me, I've always been so bad with numbers mm-hmm. and math. I was always held back. And it made me, cause we tried, we, you know, at one point wanted to, um, raise capital and I felt so insecure because I didn't feel, and it was like a limiting belief. It yeah. just surfaces all your limiting beliefs, but it's like, you know, your business more than anyone else. Like it helps shed those. Brings it to the surface. For sure. It's like good relationship just shines it all right back in your face. It really does. Yeah. Well, so at what point did you start going into like the spiritual, spiritual direction. Like what was the push? Cause you were more Joe Dispenza. Like I think that, it was when then... I, yeah, it was when I was in my lowest of low from COVID. 
because it was like I had when COVID happened first I was in denial um I was like this is gonna last three weeks like, yeah I really was convinced and then our revenue went down 95 percent, and I was like I don't know like we just put our blood sweat and tears into this for the past four years like what's gonna happen and I was so scared it was like the identity thing again this is what we call an ego death yes my friends <laughs> it was a legit ego death where I was like who am I without my business I do not know um it made me realize that my whole identity is wrapped around it and I was so terrified of losing it where I was mm -hmm. like devastated every day and I think I had to get to that point to where I was like I need something else to believe in and something else to like put my energy into and then my mom doesn't know how the journey of souls came into her life, but she was like, you need to read this book. And then I read it and I was like, holy shit. Like, I, and I know you don't like this book. I, I don't know. Well, I don't like it just because like, I just, I got bored. Like I think it has good material. Like I think, I know a lot of people, it's great. I don't, I'm not like against the book. It's just like repetitive. It's repetitive. And yeah. probably when you read it, mm -hmm. you've already knew all of that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was the first time experiencing like, any of that. And yeah. it was, for me, it was this like bodily reaction where I was like, my soul knew this was yeah. real and right and true. And I was just like, holy crap. And then it's just like one thing led to the next. I read like all these other books and then I sent it to Lowe and Lowe were mm -hmm. talking about it. And I, that was like the catalyst for the whole spiritual direction. So then what, what, how did that road develop? Like, like, what did that look like? You read this book and then you're like, what, what were you doing? I'm really trying to remember. <laughs> it was like, I read the book. I told everyone about mm -hmm. it. Certain people gravitated, certain people didn't. Like yeah. Scott loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was telling everyone about it. Like I remember being on a trip and like explaining it to people and seeing people look at me like I was crazy. Like all my roommates were like, <laughs> this sounds like it's a made up story. Oh my God. I was like, you guys, it's so real. Yeah. Uh. And I was going through that like duality a while, like for a while yeah. where I was like, I believe this, but no one else does. I didn't have that circle yet where other people were on the same wavelength. And then I think I discovered, I don't remember if Lacey Phillips podcast was spiritual or not. Like mm -hmm. it was right. Like, I think I was listening to that at the yeah. same time. It was like there, certain content started popping in my path that mm -hmm. was in that spiritual direction where it was like becoming an alignment for me. Yeah. And then it was like one thing after the next, it was like, I swear it was just like downloads mm -hmm. of like breakthroughs that I was like, like, I don't remember the moments that it happened or when it happened, but I remember thinking like, I'm learning so much. It's like these activations were like getting programmed through my body yeah. where I was like, eventually like over time, gradually started to view the world in a completely new way. And one day, I, I don't know if I ever, I like made a whole, um, not a pamphlet, but like a whole workbook essentially of just like everything I learned. And I put it into a workbook mm -hmm. about like being in alignment. Oh, and then I did a, a course during mm -hmm. COVID. I did a whole, um, the yes supply method with Reese Evans. I did her, um, rewiring course and like EFT tapping. And I was just like learning about mm -hmm. the brain and like limiting beliefs and some conscious reprogramming and all of that, like was not really spiritual, but it made so much sense tied into mm -hmm. the spiritual aspect of like why we believe certain things, but we came here to you know, the purposes of them. Like we're here to like break these cycles. And I really don't remember like what caused it. It was just like a two year span of me, like becoming a new person. Yeah. Well, and then we bumped to each other. <laughs> they, they're showing me like these two, like 
there was a interesting like reality colliding kind of energy between the two of us. Yeah. That I, I just I, I like to reflect on this. Like there are certain people in my life that I'm like the just the how do I even describe this? Like, the implications of meeting them. It's this ripple effect that goes like forever, you know, and you're one of those people. And what's funny is I feel like we had sort of this opposite experience of like you came more from the space of like trying to convince your friends like this is real, you guys, you know, and like (laughs) feeling like the oddball out. And then I came into this like. It wasn't until I started like hanging out with with you and and, like that kind of I don't know, you know, that I was like, wait people like don't get this because I'm in the bubble where like everybody's on the same page about it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it was like the opposite experience. Yeah. And now you're meeting people that I was in circles with or yeah. still am, but they still aren't where, you know, on the same wavelength to the extent. So it's so interesting. You say that it's like the opposite thing in both. I was like, Whoa, I didn't realize that people like thought th- like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that people thought this, you know? And it's like, and we've talked about this, like when it's okay, if I go here, like, we've talked about how this piece of you that almost like wanted like validity of like, guys, this is real. This is okay. Like that ego part of you, like in the entrepreneurship space, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where a lot of people are at in their spiritual journey. It's like, it's like waiting for everybody around them to get on the same page. Little do you know, like that's just the bubble you're in. Right. And I was like, it's literally just the people you're around because I came from like the opposite, like kind of like the opposite energy where it was like, I remember like being in LA, like I was the weird one. Like I was the weird one when I wasn't into rate, when I was, wasn't into energy healing and, and shit. And I, yeah, wow. the more I just like got into that, I was like, oh, I can like hang out with people now because I was like the oddball out, you know? And then even when I first moved down here, I was still like, I was hanging out with, with those types of people. Um, you know, and it was like, that was like, you were weird if you weren't if, like, if somebody eats gluten, you're like, what are you doing here? You know, it's like that kind of energy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and like, I was in the co-working space world where yeah. it was like the the entrepreneurs that were all raising money, mm-hmm. making pitch decks. Like, you know, no one was talking about spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I think I had, and like maybe subconsciously is still like working through this where it's like, if you start preaching all these things, you become less credible in this entrepreneur space, which I've really broken free from since then. But I think, yeah, at the time it was like not, main not normal at all not normalized to be like talking about I mean still to this day I feel like I when I tell people I talk to my spirit guide majority of the people that I'm like friends with would be like what (laughs) well that's what's so interesting because I think this is a really good example of like this is all just based on like what you think is normal within your bubble and like your beliefs because like that belief of like the more I talk about spirituality I'm less credible like I always I felt the opposite like in, in my entrepreneurship circles, because everybody I knew who was a really, su- a really successful entrepreneur was like deep into spiritual stuff and like, so out there. And I, and so my belief was like, oh, like all these really like these people as pedestaling in the oh, entrepreneurship yeah. space, you're making a ton of money. Like I was like, it was almost like the more money you make, the more spiritual you become, like the cooler you are, you know? And that's, I, that's very rampant and kind of like my bubble and, and that's rare. And I like think. the health coaching, like health and wellness and like that side of the entrepreneurship space. Like my experience was, uh, it was like, you know, I talk about like, like enlightenment Olympics, like you're cool if you're like channeling, like, like, you know what I mean? And all of the people I, I knew who had businesses that I really admired, um, were like super spirit, like they became more spiritual, you know? Mm. Um, so it's it so just the opposite. It was like literally the, the opposite. Yeah. I've never thought about that energy. before. 
Yeah. Like I remember going to, um, like big events in LA with all these people where I was like, I want a business like yours, you know, like, and I was just stars in my eyes. I was young and everybody was just, I mean, talking about, it was all so spiritual. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck these people are saying. And I was like, oh shit, like this is what happened. Like you, you make more money. You're in these circles. You're like, cool. You're like become spiritual. Isn't that, you know, what's interesting too, is I wonder if, because my beliefs were what they were at the time, if I was just meeting people that matched it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because now, like Sarah Blakely is one yeah. of my all-time idols, right? Mm-hmm. She posted a uh, Instagram caption that I saw because Sam posted it. And it was all about her losing a friend. Mm-hmm. Like this was last week. And it was like a very spiritual-esque post mm-hmm. that I was like, I've been following you since day one. Yeah. And I've never seen you post anything like this before. But now because of where I'm at, like I see this. Yeah. Well, you attract people different people and you see different things and what a lot of people don't realize. And especially like I've, I've seen this since kind of getting to know more of, you know, these people around here. It's like every high level entrepreneur I know that like outside, like they're not in spirituality, right. They're not in wellness. They, they all have spiritual advisors. Like all of these people who are like, have these huge businesses, they have a team. And that usually involves that's like energy work and like actresses, actors, like now. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so to me, like, I thought all of that was obvious, right? Because like, that's what I saw. That was my bubble. That was my experience. And then like, you realize, oh, people don't get that. But like, th- the thing is like, you don't, you don't create a business that, that's that successful and that big and actually like doing well and enjoying your life with, without that aspect. Like there's a certain point. I think it's really interesting when people think about like like the logistics of building your business and making quantum leaps in your business. How do you think people do that? Like what's the difference between somebody who grows linearly versus exponentially? So much of that, like when you're using like energy, that is how you, you do the impossible. And not only that, but when you grow and you're actually fulfilled and happy in the end or yeah. in the process or when, whenever you get to the milestone, because if you're not in alignment and like doing the energy work and actually going inward, mm-hmm then you're going to end up in that milestone that you wanted to be at. And you're going to be like, I feel depressed. Like Mm -hmm. there's this missing void. And you're like, I thought I was going to feel amazing when I got here and I'm here and I hate my life. Yeah. And it's like, you have to go through, I think like the inner, like you have to be in alignment every step of the way. And to be in alignment, I think you have to discover who your soul is and go inward and do all like the, the soul work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and have that, like have a support team. Of course. And have like an energy, yeah. like you said, like energy coach and spiritual mentor, like all that I think is so necessary. And yeah, I feel like all of the business owners I know, they don't have that, but mm-hmm. they also, I don't know if they're, or not all of them, but the ones that I'm thinking of, like, I don't know if they're in their like utmost fulfilling place, mm-hmm. you know, right now. And it might be because they're lacking that as like a mentorship. Yeah. I mean, I just know, like, I mean, I think about the people that I like always like looked up to of like, wow, the type of business they built amazing. And like meeting these people in person and, and because I would meet people and I'd be like let down by a lot of people. And then I'd meet people. I'm like, you're real deal. Like you can tell like they're vibrant, they're enjoying things. They've built this huge empire. And I'm like, wow. And like getting to know well, what is their lifestyle like? Right. Cause that's really like embodying the frequency. Like how do they show up? And like all of them have a team, all of them have like you know, their therapist, their energy healer, their breathwork person, they have their lymphatic drainage person, they have their trainer, like there's a whole team because yeah. you have to be a well-oiled machine to really like be the force behind the business, right? Like to show up in that way. Like 
it is it's like being an athlete 100 percent. i was just gonna say that it reminds me so much of an athlete they all have their own team but it's like you need it for the uh emotional and like Mm -hmm. the internal and the energy and like the support for that i think is the most important part yeah 100 percent. and like i mean because you talk about this i mean it's the basis of your podcast it's like you can build something but like is that really that impressive if you if you're not happy if you're not exactly like what you just said of meeting someone who's like the real deal yeah. and like embodying it, they're vibrant. Mm-hmm. They walk into a room and you're like, wow, that person's energy. Like they love life. Like yeah. they have a presence and it's not the presence of like, you're cocky. It's the presence of like, you're so secure and confident and happy. You're lit up. You're yeah. lit up. You know, it's like, that's what you want. Yeah. And you could be a billionaire and like hate your life. And a lot of them do. <laughs> so you it's, know? yeah, it's like so important. And it's like, it can be easy to get lost along the way. You know, you get so caught up, like, you're, you're, have, there's a million moving pieces, right? You have employee, like there's just so much going on. You just caught, get caught up and, and you wake up one day and you're like, what am I living for? Like, am I actually happy? You know? And, and that's a rude awakening for people. And I think just like, even when you're earlier on in business, just like really staying a bit more grounded and like, is this, is this how I always think about like, as I'm building something, do I want to feel this way at the end? Like the way that I want to feel at the end, I need to feel that way the whole way through. Yes is the most important thing. And everything that I've built, like there've been a number of things I've created from this place of like, I just got to grind through this and then I'll be able to chill and just kind of like repurpose this and sell it. Every single time I did that, I had to tear it down because like the energy embedded within that process, like I always tell people like whatever you're building, the the frequency underneath it has to be in alignment with where you want to end up. Right. So if I want to, if I want peace and joy and flow at the end and and I'm trying to build from this frequency of hustle and grind and hating my life, not sleeping. Like what makes me think that at the end, it's going to be different. You just, you just added so much momentum to those energy, to that frequency. It's literally like why I started my podcast was because I wanted entrepreneurs to understand what you just said. It's so crucial. And I had to figure that out on my own too. I think like most people have to crash and burn. Yeah. And it's like, if I know I was, you have to, but like, that's why you know, I feel like things like this are happening where we're learning about it and then talking about it so it can prevent other people from crashing and burning. Yeah. Hopefully. I was talking about this with my friend yesterday and we were talking about like, just like these lifestyle 180s of, of changing the way we, we eat and live and sleep and, uh, you know, not partying and like all of that and, and spirituality. And, and we we're talking about how like I really had to face a near death. Exp- I had, I had to be in a near death experience or I wouldn't have shifted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's really hard for me. And we were just kind of exploring this idea of like, you know, do people have to crash and burn? And so often they do like, so, because I see this all the time where I, I can tell someone's headed down a path and I'm like trying to guide them to shift ahead of the ego death. And it's almost like until we're like, facing the worst of the worst like we don't get it well think about it it makes sense because it's like you kind of sometimes have to get to the point where it's like there's nothing else you can yeah. do you know and i mean it, you don't have to no you don't have to but for people, but a lot of people i do. get why it happens because, i get why it does too you yeah know? like when you're so stubborn and like we've talked about this like me you i mean kaylee too it's like when you're so like I'll say stubborn like when you're like my mind is so powerful like all of us when we're set on something it's gonna fucking happen like we're gonna 
I don't yeah. care how <laughs> shitty I feel. Like the only way that the universe will get my inten- attention or like force me to stop is if I physically can't get out of fucking bed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the only way you're going to stop me. Literally. So physical. that's what had to happen yeah. very physically. And unfortunately, like it's usually a health issue. It's either it's usually a health issue or the business falling to the ground. Mm-hmm. And the u- universe is like, wake the fuck up. Yeah. So and I had both get ahead basically. of it. Oh my God. Get ahead of it. But you did yeah. it so gracefully, you know, <laughs> I needed and, it. Honestly. Yeah. And then we met and can we talk about your soul dog? Yes. This is so funny. <laughs> and honestly, meeting you, I think helped like amplified my mm-hmm. shift 10 times more because I finally was around people who were like, uh, on the same wavelength that like expanded me tremendously. Yeah. But, um, so I didn't really like dogs. <laughs> not yeah, that, me neither. Not that I don't like, like them, but I wasn't the girl that was going to like walk on the sidewalk past a dog and ask to pet their dog, Same. you know? And in college, this dog went ape shit and like attacked me on the beach and ripped off my pants, which I was wearing a bathing suit. So that was good. But ever since then I was like, I fucking hate dogs. Like they're terrifying. A lot of y'all went around, went throughout my yeah. life. And, um, last year, like in November of 2021, I'm walking on one of my daily, like walks outside and I get this like download, this desire takes over me of like, I think I want a dog. (laughs) And I was like, wait, that's so weird for me to want a dog. Like I've never felt that way before. And, um, I think I saw you like two days later and I was like, Christina, I think I want a dog. (laughs) And you're like, was it right then and there where you were like, got that download of this old no, dog or no? no, no. Was it like, when, when did that happen? Your I was, first session, the first time you came here, oh, yeah, I okay. told you there was a dog by your, and it was around your heart chakra. And I was like, there was a dog and I knew what it looked like. And I don't, I don't know anything about dogs. So I like, but I, this always happens with dogs. Cause I, that will come up for people. And I'm like, I could, if I saw a picture, I could say yes or no, but I don't know anything about breeds or anything. Yes, you're like, there's a dog in your aura yeah. and it's coming through. And I was like, that's weird. I've never wanted a yeah. dog. When you said that, I didn't even process it. And it was like it. black and white. Like, yeah, yeah I, so knew, I knew what it looked like. That's what's the craziest thing is I didn't even remember that because I was like, that's not true. <laughs> like, there's no way I yeah. want a dog. Yeah. And then fast forward like five months and then there you go. And of course, what happens is just another. I'm telling you, people are always like, How are you so confident? I'm like, Because every, every time, <laughs> I swear to God, that people tell me, Oh, it's not. And I'm like, Just wait. I'm all, it's always right. I'm sorry. It's and just, it's crazy. Even yeah. at the moment, if you think it sounds batshit crazy. Yeah. Um, and then what's wild too is I found this breeder through a friend, and then I was set on this one color that was mm-hmm. like blonde color like brown and I was going to get this dog in March and then the breeder texts me like actually these two families fell through you can pick one up January 1st here's a photo and I was like oh my god they're so cute but I was like set on this other color I was going back and forth I was like I don't know what to do and that's when I came over and I was like a like I want this dog and then B, do I wait until I get the blonde one or should I get this one now? And you saw the photo and you're like, that's your soul dog. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no way. <laughs> so, oh my God. And then she was like, do I get the one on the left? <laughs> yeah, there was two in the photo. I was like, yeah. which one is it? And the funny thing is, is one of them was connecting. Like the eyes yeah. were looking at you and the other one wasn't. And you said it was that one. And then when I went in person, I felt the connection with the one that was like in the photo looking yeah. at me. And so it was just, it felt so right. And it makes so much sense because like, I think the meaning behind it or the theme and like the reason was really to help me learn patience mm-hmm. to like tap in more to my feminine and become like responsible and caring for something else other than myself. 
And it's been an extremely triggering. I remember you even said like, it's going to be triggering. And I was yeah. like, no, it's going to be so easy. Like this dog's going to just morph into my life. And <laughs> I was just like, not prepared at all. I knew nothing about dogs. Yeah. And here we are. And it's been the most amazing experience. We knew that though. And that even came up with, like some of our friends were like worried about you. And like, I don't think Teal knows what she's getting into. And I was like, but I think she knows that she doesn't know what she's getting into. Like, that's just your personality. Like, yeah. And we talked about this and I was like, I'm not worried about it. Cause it's like prepping about that. Like it's, it's like, it's not you know, yeah. Like you're just Me like the type to just dive into it. Exactly. Yeah, I'd rather just figure it out as we go. Yeah, totally. And so what has it taught you? Oh my God. I mean, his I, name is karma. His name is karma. And he's a black and white French bulldog. And he's the cutest dog. I think in the planet, <laughs> like I've never <laughs> seen a cuter dog in my life. Honestly, he's so, cute. he's so cute. And he's like, all I wanted was a cuddly dog and he's very affectionate. But I mean, I did not, I was a very like morning routine oriented person where it was very set in stone, the mm-hmm. timing, everything. In the first like three months, I've had no morning routine. And I was like, my life is in shambles. Like I thought my life was falling apart. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. Like this dog screams bloody murder when I leave the room. Like yeah. separation anxiety, was peeing, pooping everywhere. I was like losing it. And I was mm-hmm. like, didn't feel connected to myself for like mm-hmm. a good minute there. And I was like, oh my God. And my friends were like, do you regret it? I was like, no, I actually don't. It wasn't regret that I felt. It was just like... um terror. <laughs> like, I was like, what is happening in my life? You know? And then eventually like I started, what I learned was instead of like changing everything, it was like, I needed to learn how to incorporate him into my routine. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, when I'm meditating, put the dog bed next to me and have him sleep in there while I'm doing it instead of leading him downstairs to where he's like crying and screaming. So it's like taught me a lot about, I would say patience and also just like being more flexible with my routine and my life. And mm-hmm. Life doesn't need to be so set in stone every day. Like at the end of the day, that makes life boring. You know, it's like being able to ebb and flow with the movements. It's so important. And I didn't know that before, I guess, really. And I think, I think I've been become softer. Like, I think I've definitely become like a softer. I've, I don't know. I've always felt like I have feminine energy where I like goes and we all have feminine energy, but I've always felt like I've been able to tap into it, but I've been more on my masculine. And with my dog, it, he definitely brings out the feminine side of me way more. Yeah. Has it made you reflect more on, I'm sorry, I just have to say, like, I always think it's so funny, like, because for every person, like the number of people that come into come in to see me and it's like they need to get to their feminine I'm like yeah and then just like seeing how the guides want that to happen I'm like this is hilarious like, <laughs> like a dog I was I know I was like wow she's doing this like she's doing it um but I'm curious like in this relationship like with with karma and learning to incorporate him has this has this allowed you to reflect at all on like past relation romantic relationships and perhaps like how things could have shifted there or like where you were maybe that is so interesting because in past relationships I've always been very independent and I'm always like not my way or the highway but more of like this is my life this is my I need this time alone like this is my routine and like figure it out around it kind of thing I'm an Aries <laughs> That yeah. kind of energy. Is that what Aries energy is? Yeah, it's very much Aries energy. <laughs> and so I've, I never thought, and here's the thing is I still feel like I would be like that. But if for my next relationship, I think I would be more 
open to not being so set in my ways because Mm -hmm. of karma and what he's taught me. But I will always need my own space and my own time. And like, I will always want to be with someone who's independent and like has, you know, is not clingy by any means. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say definitely. And it's also made me, I think, more compassionate and like just more caring and like thoughtful. And not that I wasn't that before, but I don't think I showed that enough. Like I wasn't so much in my emotions as I think I would be now. Yeah. We're just, we're just opening up that flood of emotions. Yeah, literally. Yeah. You know, I just got to crying o- all the time. Open up that womb space. Like, Honestly, like I really that. wasn't crying that frequently yeah. before in mm-hmm. relationships. And I always felt like it was bad to cry, not bad, but like I would try not to cry. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like I would cry and be like proud of it. <laughs> was that because you thought it was weak? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like I assimilated with weakness. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause like I, I had the same pattern, but like for a different reason, like not that I didn't think emotions were ever weak. Like it was because, uh, I had been in relationships where like I would get reprimanded if for I crying. Emotion. Yeah. Like that's too much. Oh, like no, can't handle that. Like that was the energy. And so I just like shut off. Cause I was like, I don't want to upset this person. Oh my God. Know? Yeah. Um, that's challenging. Yeah. And then it's like reopening. Re- like, Oh, it's safe to, to feel and express. It's so interesting how you, your relationship with your emotions is affected by the person that you're with. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, so much. And like how that can cause trauma that yeah. you have to like yeah. rebuild. Totally. I mean, I think like, for me realizing I really need somebody who's very like comfortable with their, their emotions yeah. and emotional expression and knows like how to be around somebody who's expressing their emotion and just like holds, hold that space. So, like that's just grounded, grounded masculine energy, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, like, like I just want somebody who can like what I do for other people so often, like give that back to me like just hold the space of course and you deserve that you'll find that and Mm -hmm. I think yeah it's that's so important like I every man I I would love for them to be in their grounded masculine (laughs) (laughs) uh well uh, I'm actually doing an episode next week with so about this about uh helping men get into their that's a great episode great so with with Chase Ramey (gasps) yeah okay good I'm excited I want to hear that I'm excited about that but I think like we talked about this. Like, I feel like you need to date somebody who is like, so like, so fiery and like, so in his masculine that it just like pushes you because I noticed this within myself, like just in different dynamics with different men, whether it's like romantic or not like dating or friends, my, what, when there's a man who is like in his masculine, it's very effortless for me to shift into my feminine. And, you know, I, and then I go the opposite direction and the same way, you know, and yeah. I think that's, that's like important to think about too, because I think we can make ourselves wrong for staying more in our masculine or being more closed off when sometimes that is just like what's happening in terms of polarity, like just naturally to balance it out. And sometimes that's our intuition saying like, this isn't the person who can hold you. This isn't the person who can see you because I, like I was reflecting on this where I'm like, why do I have some relationships where I'm just like shut off and then others where I'm just word vomiting and sharing and I I don't I don't worry about it and I was making myself wrong for that where I like closed down and I realized that was just my into my intuition knowing like this person can't hold this like yeah it's just not they're they're not at my wavelength so it's better that I don't open up like it's not safe to open up here 
So my question to that is, okay, so my last relationship, I was grateful that he was very much, um, felt safe in his emotions mm -hmm. and was very much like enabled me to feel safe and was very expressive, great communicator and like held the emotion, held the space for me, but also showed emotions himself and would cry and all these things. But mm -hmm. with that versus someone who's like really fiery and they're masculine, mm -hmm. the most like fiery masculine people aren't really in their don't really feel safe, feel emotions. That's not true. Is that not true? Um, I'm currently in a situationship <laughs> with somebody who is. That's true. Right? <laughs> I have not. That's my limiting belief. I have not experienced someone who is. I know that. a lot of men who are who are super like it's like, whoa, that's divine masculine. Like that's very their masculine energy and very fiery, but and also very expressive and like very like very comfortable with their emotions and okay. holding space. Like that's very possible i need to be expanded in that yeah. way you seem to meet different types of people for sure you know everybody brings out um a different piece of us oh yeah you know definitely like, every single person every single person is such a gift and it's like so i just like meeting people connecting with different frequencies because it's like what are you bringing out within me it's, and that's what's cool about having different yeah. people that like just bring out different dynamics you know softer sides of us bigger sides of us you know like it, it's, it's so true it's all helpful i think it really is. And just exploring and dating. Well, I think this is a good um, place. You have some cards that we pulled. Oh, I forgot so you about forgot. that. So let's let's look at the cards that you pulled. All right. This is the first reveal. The wombat spirit. Hmm. What's the def? What's what it say underneath? Be at home. Mm hmm. The bat spirit. Re a rebirth is assured. Yep. Hummingbird spirit. Okay, I saw so many hummingbirds today. Yeah. That were like talking to me. I felt it. Be here, and now. be here now. Literally, I felt them come down to me, look at me, and then fly away. There we go. Multiple times. That's crazy. Be here now. Be at home. Be here now is about just being present in the moment and not worrying about the future. It's like being fully in Love the now. That. The hummingbird, the the be at home. It's it's about like you know going inward and like home life and, and karma and womb space. Yeah. And then what was the other one? Uh, bat spirit. The rebirth, rebirth is assured. I mean, you're absolutely going through a rebirth you for know? sure. Like totally all shedding all the identity like shedding like and i feel like for you really shifting into your feminine and like getting in touch with your intuition on another level and like all this sacral womb work it's like we talked about this i was like you're gonna bump up against things because your ego is gonna get hit like yeah. all the things that there have been people who in your reality appraised you for xyz like you're you're going to not do that anymore yeah and actually be happier for it but then your ego is gonna feel like oh that person that person doesn't like it. Yeah. So then whose happiness do you prioritize? Really? I love that. You I know? love these cards yeah. for me. I, I love it for they you too. They feel very on point. Oh my God. I, I love it. Yeah. Well, there we go. I think that's a good place to end it. I, I could talk this. to you for hours. <laughs> I was like thinking of like five other topics. I'm like, we'll just have to save it. No, we'll this is great. We'll have to save it for another day. Oh my God. Uh, I could do this every day of my well, life. I hope that you're going to be a return. I would love to. Guest. feel honored. Yes. And... Um, everyone listening, Teal's podcast is called Real with Teal. And I recently was a guest and it was such a fun It was, it was such, such a good a fun one. interview. So definitely check it out. So yes. Real with Teal podcast. And then where else can they connect with you? Yeah, just Instagram, teal.cooper. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. Cool. Okay, cool. And uh, if anybody listening wants a coffee vending machine, <laughs> 
Please Hit re- me up. Please I'm your girl. Re- yeah, please reach out to Taylor Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Huge shout out to Teal for coming on the podcast. She is seriously the best. If you want to find more from Teal, just search Real with Teal on Apple Podcasts and you can find her there. You can also connect with her on Instagram at teal.cooper and at real with teal. If you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot and share it to social media. Tag me, tag at Christina, the channel pod and tag teal so that we can repost you and see that you're listening and loving it and say thank you, of course, because it really does mean the world when you share episodes to social. So that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.